0: Oh, I almost thought the microphone wasn't on. Hello! Or maybe
1: I should break into song before the podcast so nobody has to hear it.
0: That would probably be a better option. It. <laughs> and that would just be punishment that you don't deserve. So, I, like, I so. think you have a good singing voice. Hi, yeah. everyone! I don't
1: even have a good speaking voice these days. Hello, everyone. We're here. We're back. Like animated dinosaurs, we are back.
0: Whoa! So,
1: Nobody knows that
0: movie. Nobody knows that movie. Every kid from the 90s knows that movie. I I guarantee you, I am the only person. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I bring up that movie, everyone's like, what? I'm like, John Goodman. John Goodman was it. I've got at
1: least three kids who would know that movie for sure. Ricky and Jesse could probably quote it, too. loved that movie. Ethan probably could quote it. And it feels
0: so obscure to me whenever I bring it up to anybody. They're like, what? Gabe would be
1: like, "What, what are you talking about? Well, he's a
0: fetus. So. He,
1: he well, he is a different generation for you guys. Yeah, <coughs> I
0: forget
1: that sometimes. I think Ethan technically falls on the front end of Generation Z as well, but uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Whoa, sorry, I can't form words now. I bet you threw that out there. <laughs> this is millennial excitement.
1: It's such a so. weird
0: movie, too. Like now, thinking about it as an adult, like the eight series. you know how many a, of those
1: movies were very weird? How many movies now are super weird? They're I don't, don't know. Movies from like
0: weird. the '90s, especially kids movies. Bizarre. All dogs go to
1: heaven. It's a lot of weird stuff. Very
0: weird. Hello, everyone. Fern Gully.
1: Does it get weirder?
0: It does not get weirder than Fern Gully.
1: Well, Anastasia was pretty weird. That was a good movie. Anastasia
0: was not weirder than Fern Gully.
1: They are both pretty weird, though.
0: And Anastasia has a killer soundtrack.
1: And it had Urkel in it, so, you know. He was the chicken dude. The uh, I can't think of the name.
0: What? It had Jaleel White? Yeah.
1: Uh, But not like doing any recognizable voice or anything. so He that, wasn't
0: bar talk, That was Hank Azaria. No.
1: It was uh, some other obscure... Hold, please. Thing. Welcome
0: to 2022, where clearly we are still on the ball about, <laughs> about
1: everything. Hello, Google. So, and hopefully I'm not going to embarrass myself by being wrong about this, but... Uh,
0: 1997.
1: It Whoa. was... Uh, It was an obscure thing, and I I remember thinking afterwards, I'm like, what in the world is Urkel here for when you wouldn't even know that it's him?
0: Kirsten Dunst was young Anastasia.
1: Get out. I did not know that. Maybe I'm thinking of a different one.
0: I think you are, because Urkel ain't in this. I
1: forgot Kelsey Grammer was in there. He was
0: the Russian guy. Vladimir.
1: I forgot. He did a good Russian guy. You know who else does a great Russian dude? Alec Baldwin. As Santa in uh, Rise of the Guardians. I've
0: never seen. Oh that.
1: my goodness, is a Pretty bad like, dude. Santa is a big bad Russian dude with tats. <laughs> it
0: is well, I have to watch that. I have, have still not seen the entire movie, but every Russian time, heritage.
1: every time I walk into my mom's house, she's like, "Oh, here, you have to watch this." Oh, here. So I've seen probably every and not every time I walk into the house because sometimes she's watching Hallmark movies or something else.
0: It's but, really uh, why it's not in this.
1: Uh, I'm going to have to figure out which one I'm thinking of that he is in.
0: But I'll look up his Something I'm around thinking.
1: that same time. Uh, some very same time frame anyhow do i smell like smoke today i
0: you can't know? smell anything oh good covid recovery from you so
1: yeah. uh good news is you don't get to smell the smoke on me bad
0: news is i don't get to smell anything good either so except for
1: five minutes of chocolate chip cookies five after your nutty pot
0: after my neti pot what a I, good time I, that would you was, like to talk huh? about my neti pot experience oh man would i the, this is the, the,
1: the sinus rents podcast Something gross. <laughs> Something gross.
0: <laughs> that's we've been there before. That's
1: our, that's our new title. Something gross.
0: Uh, so yeah, I can't smell anything or taste <laughs> anything, which is kind of a bummer because I enjoy eating. Um, so you know,
1: yeah, we're we are moved into temporarily. Um, Why can't
0: I find Gabe and
1: Kayla's place that they oh, were yeah, renting. They just that. bought a house, and so we're.
0: I didn't know that you'd moved in there.
1: Yeah, my my daughter in law's uncle has a little cabin cottage house place that that they rent out. So um, for anybody that doesn't know, we're trying to build a home out at the farm, at our family farm. And so in the process, we need to sell the house that we're currently living in to be able to do that. So to make that easier, we're moving into the place where my son and daughter were previously living. And so one of the things that we're discovering through this process is that
0: I tell you, I think, you're, I think are, you're on, on drugs. I, I will find it. Quest for Quest Camelot. Camelot. Yeah, I have never it. seen that. That is the one. Yeah, he's bleep, bleep, block, bleep, bleep. Annoying bleak. little,
1: and you would never recognize it.
0: I don't think I've ever seen that. This is why sorry.
1: That's why I got it confused with Anastasia, Anastasia because,
0: way up here. <laughs> uh, watch Quest the, for Camelot. Uh, watch
1: Quest for Camelot and All it's right. not not near not as good, not as musical. But, it doesn't
0: have John Cusack,
1: so well that's true. Uh, did I tell you I met
0: John Cusack?
1: Uh, no, but he's spent some time here. Did you meet him in Three Oaks or did Yes, you meet and him I also? met Joan. Yeah,
0: nice little fam. They a nice had a little house place over when there. I worked at uh, Graziano's Yeah, my, they would my order cousin pizza. Bobby
1: used to be the caretaker yeah. for them, take care of the grounds up there. They used to frequently there. order pizza. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Jason kept doing it. And so. I
0: just wanted so. him to come into the pizza place and hold up a big stereo. And of course you did. That's all I wanted. Or how, did? How could he could hold up a pizza that. box. I don't care. I would yeah. play some Peter Gabriel, and it would all be great. Anyway,
1: just gonna say playing Peter Gabriel is usually not
0: a bad thing. No, it's not. So, so circling back. You're moving.
1: We are, and and we're discovering that there are a lot of there are a lot of non-controllables in this mm. process. A lot of things that you know we, we have a plan. We're, we're trying to make right. this go. We, you know, we should have already had it built and been in there, but there are things that don't go the way we expect, Amen. and so. Uh, It kind of reminds me, as we were talking about that, of what we were looking at on Sunday with this whole idea of uh, trying to build a house, and we're kind of going into this parenting series about uh, parenting foundations. And uh, the memory verse that we had um, for this uh, this particular sermon on Psalm 127 is Psalm 127.1, Unless the Lord builds the house, uh, the builders labor in vain. If, unless the Lord watches over the city, uh, the guards uh, watch in vain. And so, the, the did I get that right? I'm, I'm, the guards stand watching vain. I'm uh, bouncing back and forth between old NIV, new uh, NIV, and King James in my head. And so, trying to get it right. Say that's say always the, the challenge. James. I don't remember. I just know that the, it taints because that's what I learned things in as a kid. Yeah. And that that taints is probably. A, Derogatory term. I don't mean that, but but it ends up coloring other things. So then, even if I don't remember the verse, there'll be parts of it that will come out. Just
0: add an F at the end. So I have the
1: syncretistic memorization process, and uh, so when Emma and I buildeth the house, when my my daughter and I are working on it, um, sometimes she'll get it quicker than I will, even if it's a verse I already know, because I'll throw in extra words from previous uh, passes.
0: What's interesting to me, I know you just covered the first part of this passage, but was that Psalm one twenty seven. It feels like two very separate ideas. Yeah, but they are connected somehow.
1: Yeah, and you know, as we're looking at this on Sunday in the sermon, we're kind of kind of had to do some background. You know, if we're going to look at any passage of scripture, we want to know the the context. You know, uh, who wrote it? Who was it written to? And, and in who was it written to? That tells us who was it written for. Right. Uh, you know, what is it that that author originally intended? Uh, for for that original uh, audience to receive from this, because God put these things into that author for those people for a purpose, and so when we look at the you know the the genre the the kind of writing that it is that that changes our understanding of it, uh, it's real easy with the Psalms. In fact, I did this for years, and uh, Dave Dehan and I, a recent guest, um, we you know talked about the fact that. Uh, this really, this the dig and discover principles that that, that we uh, work on and promote uh, that Word Partners is, is built on in training pastors around the world. Um, that really changed my way of looking at the Psalms. I understood it differently, and I've been pastoring here for 18 years, I've mm-hmm. you know, been to seminary, you know, I've preached through individual psalms, but I never looked at the psalms as one book before, as a, as a deliberate, intentional, yes, it's a compilation of songs and you know the history, but until you see that it's compiled deliberately to tell a story, to to, to carry out uh, a particular purpose, that, that really changes how you look at it. So when we understand that this was, uh, it's a song uh, of, of Solomon, it's something that was uh, written Long before it was compiled in, into uh, the Book of Psalms, which the Book of Psalms, as we know, it was compiled after the exiled Jews had returned to Jerusalem and, and rebuilt the um, rebuilt the temple and the city, and, uh, and so now the the priests and the Levites have, have brought these things together. So you're talking about multiple authors. David wrote the the biggest uh, chunk. Uh, but there are at least eight different. There's a, a section that we, you know, just 50 of the hundred we don't know who wrote them. So probably a compendium there that that's coming from uh, from all of the, the folks involved in the. It's a good comic book word. Uh, from all of those who are compiling this at that time. And so there, when we have these unknown psalms, this is this is my take. I don't know that everybody would agree with me on this. Uh, I think the majority of those are from those compilers, who were not wanting to be named at mm. that point. So anyway, as they're putting this together, they're they're telling the story of, of Israel um, with God, and and really it's it's not so much telling the narrative story. We already have the history books for that. But but the uh, there's an emotive story that comes out as, as we know with any kind of uh, music. You know, as a songwriter, you get that there's there's the words, and then there's the vibe, there's the the feeling, the emotions that come out of that. And so um, the book of Psalms is written in five, it's compiled in five sections, five books that are a lot like the acts of a play or the movements Mm -hmm. of a symphony that kind of, uh, that carry the whole thing along. And in uh, Psalm 127 is in the fifth book, and in this last book... um, the people of israel have returned to jerusalem so now they you know all of the the despair of feeling god's rejection of them and wondering how in the world can we possibly uh, worship god in this foreign land you know this everything is hopeless everything is dark um, god has forgotten us god has turned his back on us we've sinned too far too. we've gone too far for god to ever uh, take us back um, they received the hope from the prophets that this will happen, that God will redeem them, and they go through a a long period of having hope for that but not having seen it, then God brings them back. So what he does, just what he had said that he would do, uh, now these psalms rejoice in that. They remind uh, the Jewish people that look. If we do any anything without God, it's a waste. Mm-hmm. You know this. Here are the things that God rejected us for in the first place. We need to hold to Him. We need to cling to His Word. So it's not an accident that in this um, in this fifth book, this most celebratory book of the Book of Psalms, you have Psalm one nineteen. This this epic, uh, you know, sort of a, a uh, love song to God's word and the whole thing is cl- cling to God's word cling to God's word so now in Psalm 127 <coughs> excuse me new supercut um good we see this this picture that that Solomon wrote before all of these things happened. right now the compilers are reading Solomon's psalm, this song from his heart for the people and and it, it's not hard. Uh, some say that it's not really from Solomon, but that David wrote it for Solomon. In either case, that it doesn't really change a lot. But it's pretty hard, in my mind, to argue against the Solomon, uh, Solomonic authorship, if you will, um, of the psalm, when it sounds so much like the book of Ecclesiastes. I mean, it's yeah. just, it, it is so clear. When he's saying, you know, just from, from the jump, he's saying, Uh, Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain, you, you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat for he grants sleep to those he loves. Everything about that sounds like like Ecclesiastes. Solomon has done the work. He's built the city. He's built the house. He's built the temple. So you know, we see this house, we should have in mind the way the the Jews would have as they were reading it, talking about the temple. Uh, But clearly he's also talking about the family because he spends the second part talking about sons and and children being uh, heritage from the Lord and and, uh, this great reward. So all of this together is the picture, and that was our core reality, that our best plans and efforts only matter if God is behind them. Ultimately, as you know, as a king, as a nation builder, Solomon came to realize that. Right. I, I think in his great wisdom, the wisest man to ever live, in great wealth and great prosperity, the, the strength, the influence, the, the long arm of Israel reaching throughout the region. And, and you think about how tiny Israel is. Right hugely outsized influence for the, the, the Queen of Sheba to come and, and seek wisdom, for people to just bring wealth to say, here, say something smart. I'm going to give you money. Say something smart. Um,
0: all three C's in the Pacific Ocean are pronounced different. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. That, that's, that's good stuff. I
0: saw a meme of that the other day. Quite brilliant. Quite anyway. Brilliant.
1: Uh, but, but for him then with all of those things to... Wander from the Lord to do exactly the opposite of what God had told him to do. That that speaks to the nature of our hearts, the the sin nature within us. As wise as Solomon was, as gifted as Solomon was, he amassed many wives, seven hundred some wives, which you got to be pretty smart just to keep up with. You know, or you know.
0: or not, and you got to be pretty
1: stupid <laughs> right. to get in that situation. Right. But. Um, you know that was a pagan way of right. sealing deals and forming treaties and, and so on and so forth. So they have all this peace and prosperity by doing it not God's way. So many things he did God's way. Yeah, so many things he did not God's right. way. He he also was the wealthiest king, and so he's resplendent in his glory, and you know has chariots and horses, specifically the opposite of what God commanded of Israel's kings. So here now in Psalm one twenty seven, we're seeing this this picture that man. Stop it. Just just stop doing your own thing. Get on board with what God's doing. And I think Rick Warren said that in his book, Purpose Driven Church, long before the Purpose Driven Life became this massively popular book, he wrote a book about church. And one of the key aspects in there, one of the key elements, was rather than asking God to bless what you're doing, work at doing what God is blessing. see what it is that where where is god moving how is he impacting and and get on board with that do what god is showing you to do rather than saying here's my vision here's what i want now god bless it you know god make this work and i think far too often in our churches we do that i think far too often as americans we do that you know lord bless our nation even though our nation totally thumbs its nose at you um we do it in churches all the time. You know. We, we want to do things our way and fit in with the world and then ask God to bless it. That's not how any of this works. But we do that with our families. We raise our children according to a standard that is not the biblical standard. It's not what God has given us. And that's why we're using this particular psalm as a backdrop. Even though it's not specifically a parenting psalm, obviously it connects to it. Solomon makes that connection himself. It's not instructional as far as here's how to raise your children. Right. The Bible does tell us what to do and how to raise our children. This psalm does not. But I think if we don't have this as our foundation, then we're going to be in a pretty shaky place. Right. So to to be able to recognize whatever I do, if I if my children have the cutest holiday pictures that I can send out to everybody in, in the cards and so on. By the way, cute holiday card. Um, so. I didn't have pictures <laughs> and, and usually we do from, yeah. from you but you make up for that by putting you know 8,000 which is about a quarter as many as my daughter-in-law on Facebook she uh, puts a bunch at once like, I know right woo! girl so I'm like I want to I want to put a love on this on like now the whole, the whole album and then I'll look through it right, over time right. although now I don't see them because I'm not really on Facebook <laughs> uh, I'll still show up to post and then get off again and delete You're it, smart. You know, so delete, download, delete, download. Anyhow, um, but but our kids can be great. They can be super happy. Uh, they can have all the best grades. They can go to the best school. They can be the, the greatest all athletes. All the best words. Have all the best words. <laughs> they can... They, <laughs> they can sing, shut up and dance, or, or, or no. Uh, what was the song that George was doing? Well,
0: everybody, Dance everybody, now.
1: everybody dance now. Shut that's right. Uh, or just sing, dance now. Right. Um, <laughs> speaking of Facebook, you if you're on there. Facebook and you follow Stacy, which you should, Stacy Uh don't follow me unless I know you. Don't be weird. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you don't know her, then
0: if you're and if you're in England, don't follow
1: me. <laughs> or if you do, make sure you connect through the right. podcast so that we know.
0: Right. I'm happy to talk to you. But you got to see the the
1: video of this kid; He cracks me up. Anyhow, um, he's all right. So you, you can be super cute, you can be super educated, you can be talented, popular, homecoming queen, class president—all those things.
0: People will write songs about you.
1: That's right. You can, you know, all the things. Right. You can have all the things, and it doesn't do a stitch of good.
0: And it's so if God's not behind it, right? And it's so a well. I don't know. It's, it's, a, I don't know the right word. It's certainly not a slap in the face because it's obvious, but it's, it's like a reminder as a parent, especially because we spend, and I'm guilty of this too, I spend so much time like doing those things, right. like you got to get good grades, you got to do this, you got to do that, that it's easy to forget that without God as your foundation, it just, it's just, I'm setting my I'm setting my child up for failure. You said something on Sunday yeah. that you know none of that matters if your kid's going to hell, right. <laughs> and like that it's like whoa. And you're very often 100% by, right. by by but. pushing
1: those things, very often we we can punch our kids' ticket there, right? right. Because we create a situation that insulates them from the pain that God yeah. is using to work a greater glory. We can we can keep them from all harm. And yet, if that is what causes them to learn,
0: right?
1: You know, and, and most of us can recognize that. You know, nobody likes a spoiled kid. Nobody likes the kid, you know, the the spoiled rich kid. The picture that, in, in, you know, I mean, again, it could, the the uh, you know, the movies of the eighties and nineties and all the high school kids, the super popular right. rich kid who's mean and, and terrible. Hughes movies, and all right. the John, every John Hughes movie, uh, and and the those Jake are, Ryan's those the are not the people that you like right. they've got everything but nobody likes them you know uh, Mean Girls is a right. picture of this kind of stuff I can't
0: help it that I'm happy
1: <laughs> <laughs> my, my dog makes fetch happen so I just saw a t-shirt like that um, now look at Lacey be how how far have we fallen from our you know I was determining the new year we were going to stay on track that
0: was a that was a fruit, that fruitless three, effort three for minutes. about yeah.
1: so anyway uh, you
0: should have told me that cause yeah. <laughs> Threw that up in about three. I didn't
1: seconds. want to set myself up for <laughs> disappointment. Ooh, they do say all
0: so, New Year's resolutions fail within right. like the first two weeks. So anyway, as we're as we're
1: doing this, you know, this when we put our children in that position where essentially we make idols out of them. Right. You know, when when they become more important than doing. And nobody, that as
0: well. no parent wants to see their kids suffer, or struggle, or whatever. No, and, and
1: it's our job right. to protect them. Right. Appropriately, but we can't protect them from everything. Right. So we need to make sure that that we're not sending them into the world bubble wrapped. What is that? We're teaching them how to actually deal with life, it, to it, and literally. And we'll be talking about this in the rest of the series to connect the reality of God to the realities of life. Cool Our point. kids are going to live these experiences, and if God's not in it and if how it's, it's, hand, it's, it's not how purposeful, it. right. then it, it, it all ends up empty.
0: There's a quote from Finding Nemo where they can't go wrong. Where the where Marlin's like, I promised I'd never let anything happen to him. Right. And Dory said, Well, you can't promise them never, you'd never let anything happen to him. Then nothing would ever happen to him. That's, that's right. <laughs> Not much fun for little Nemo. <laughs> Best role but, ever for Ellen
1: DeGeneres, right. by the way.
0: Uh, but yeah, that's exactly right. And you know, if the the issues that kids have when you look back at them as adults are often very minute but in the moment they can feel huge. like enormous and so nobody wants to see that for their child but at right. the same time there are these opportunities for huge lessons and and growth and if God isn't at the center of it then again you're kind of setting them up for a life where they don't need to turn to God exactly in their greater struggles as adults so. and God
1: will do what God has set forth to do right and so if if we Put obstacles in their path. God's still going to accomplish what He's going to accomplish, but we end up creating a greater pain, mm-hmm. sometimes in the protection. But we cause ourselves all sorts of worry when it's unfounded. Right. We, you know, well, what if this happens? Well, what if it does? You know, the the idea, <laughs> Shelley and I, and I think we've brought this up on the podcast before. We'll, you know, we'll watch the, some of the CW uh, Arrowverse shows that that we enjoy. Um, I haven't watched them in a while now. But one of the things that just yanks my chain every time is the, the hero always promises that, mm. that you, it'll be fine. I'll take care of this. Nothing will ever happen to you. I'll defend you and blah, blah, blah. I promise, I promise, I promise. Everybody promises and they all lie right. because you can't promise these things. There are uncontrollable things just like in building a house. There, there are things that you just simply cannot control. You're not meant to control. So stop. I'm not saying don't make promises, but let's use our brains. Think about the things. Promise things that you control, like to have the best character that you can have. I you know the I, I promise to do the things that I'm supposed to do, but understand that all of us are going to fail. We're going to do that. There are there are zero perfect parents. Mary and Joseph were not Perfect parents. Now I may have Catholic friends that are going to, you know, yell about that. The reality is they were humans, right. just like the rest of us. Jesus was perfect. His parents were not. So you can use that as a lesson that our children can survive our failures and <laughs> foibles. But all five of my children know they do not have a perfect dad. You know, it takes all of one evening to figure that out. Usually somewhere around eight thirty, nine o'clock. With you know. Things start to turn <laughs> get sound, a little sleepy. You know, Get get a little cranky. But you know, as as we're going through life, if we make our children into idols, we we are putting them ahead of God. We're prioritizing our children ahead of God. Oh, I would never do that. Look at where you're spending your time, your money, your energy. What are your conversations about? Are you spending as much time talking to your children about the Bible <clears throat> as you are about what they did at school that day right are you focusing your money and your time and attention on training them up in the way that they should go in raising them in the training and instruction of the lord as you are in their schooling in their sports in their entertainment are they spending as much time in god's word as they are watching disney movies or blippy you know these you know
0: my ch- nothing my child spends more time watching
1: <laughs> i mean but but this is right. this is a reality and if we don't take inventory of what we're doing as parents and we just let these things happen because it's natural mm-hmm. and things will happen naturally and we'll think we're doing a good job but we're not we're building on a foundation of sand and you know old leadership adage that you know you You can climb the ladder of success and get to the top and find out it's leaning against the wrong building. That's what we end up doing. And so then we have our kids, and and we measure our our parenting and our family relationships according to worldly standards. What does the world see as valuable? And we totally miss it. And so as we're going through this series, I I really hope that's uh, that backdrop of unless the Lord builds this, none of it matters. I hope that's going to um, really become something that is clear in our minds. Uh, I think this week we're going to, I'm going to change a little bit of what I was planning for the series and we'll focus in a little more on uh, the second half of this psalm. Hmm. Um, still working that out. I, I feel like short shortchanged that a little bit on Sunday. It was a little top heavy. Uh, and so I, I don't want to miss what Solomon is saying here. Especially in our world, where um, fewer and fewer people are choosing to have kids, they're having kids later and later. We're having fewer kids, and one of the big reasons for that is we have plans. You know, I got I got stuff to do. You know, I don't want to I don't want to sacrifice my my great life by bringing kids into it. We see pregnancy as a punishment. You know, that's what that's what happens when you're not careful enough. You know, even in married contexts, we we have these kinds of Um, conversations and we make jokes about it so then abortion whether it whether it's legal or illegal it is always immoral and when when we as a nation see that as a a viable option because we're removing a burden we're getting rid of a problem that we do not have the same view of children that God has and that's pretty important for us to recognize that that Children are a good thing. They're a blessing from God. They're, they're a reward. Not everyone has children, uh, but every relationship, uh, every, every uh, coupling relationship that God ordains uh, in the created order is prone to that. There may be obstacles. There may be reasons why not, and we'll talk a little bit uh, about that as we go, whether this week or, or later on. Because uh, what I don't want to have happen from this series or from this past week's sermon or from today's conversation is for people to feel like, well, if this is all, if God blesses through children, if this is all a good thing, then boy, he must not uh, be blessing me because I don't have children. Um, You know, we've tried, we really wanted to and we weren't able to, or any number of different things. Or for someone to be overwhelmed by guilt, especially someone who has who has had an abortion, you know, there or, or or multiple. There are so many people, so many women who are hurting today because they've been lied to. They were told that this is not a problem and it's not going to affect you, and it does. And years later, decades later, uh, and, you know, I I get the stories of I've had uh, women come and say, no, it doesn't bother me at all. And I tend to think uh, the lady does protest too much, mm-hmm. but but I've talked to many others who literally decades later, are still haunted by this. And nobody is dealing with that right. as we continue as a society to to, to per- perpetrate lies that harm women. We call it helping women, but we're harming don't, them. Don't even go there. <clears throat> so, We'd
0: have to have another hour podcast. So I think we're going
1: to need to actually spend some time looking at that. And I don't want those who have, through whatever means, um Who feel like they've blown it? Who feel like, you know, I'm I'm too far gone, or God can't forgive this, or I can't forgive this. I don't want. I don't want you to be caught up in that guilt, and we'll address that a little more specifically as we go on in the series. (coughs) Pardon me. Getting good
0: ones too. Yeah, I tell you. It's the dry air.
1: Well, and and, and, and And we have all wood heat in in this place that we're staying, and so. Smilky. With with all wood heat. It's very dry air and this sinus infection is just not really going away. You know, you it's, should try it's better. Pot. Oh believe me, I have <laughs> done the sinus rinse. Not the pot, but I've done the I've
0: not done the, the pot.
1: The spray bottle. Another podcast. <laughs> there are lots of those podcasts out there, I'll tell you I've what. I've not
0: done the In pot. In fact, there are
1: podcasts there are podcasts out there hey. um, called Something Real I Are discovered. they? discovered. So,
0: if people aren't calling those podcasts I and mean, they're missing out know? on a goal, <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
1: Can you know? So anyway, as we're, as we're going through this, uh, I, I think also um, just in, in some of the faces that I saw on Sunday morning, there are people who um, have already raised their children. Hmm. And uh, some who are wrestling with the fact that they didn't do it God's way. They did it their way. Some recognize it wasn't a good way. Some think it was a good way. Uh, i got a good relationship with my kids, but I didn't do that.
0: I would do <coughs> anything for love, but I won't do that.
1: And some are offended by the fact that I'm um, saying some of these things, and some are um, not offended but convicted and, mm-hmm. and struggling with the pain of it. And um, I just wanna, I just want to assure everyone that, that as we go through this, God's grace is bigger. And if we're still breathing, it's not too late to surrender to him in this. Right. It doesn't mean we can fix the past because we can't. Excuse me. You're going to have
0: to do I'm going to try to wrap things up here because <coughs> Rich is not able to uh, breathe. But... Uh, yeah, we will dive more into that next week. Uh, so if you guys have any questions or comments, uh, feel free to contact us at real at reallifeonline.org or you can leave us a voicemail at 269-756-RLCC uh, or you can leave us a comment on Facebook or YouTube or you can use the Anchor app to leave us a voicemail if you use that to listen to your podcasts. I'm going to sign out by myself, which feels really weird. But, uh, yeah, be sure to join us throughout this series. And if you have any questions ahead of time, uh, use that email address and we will discuss it in next week's podcast. I'm going to try this season, quote unquote, to also uh, kind of put a prompt out there. Before we do uh, podcasts weekly. And so see if we can get any questions right before. You okay?
1: I'm back like an animated dinosaur.
0: <laughs> we began and end that way.
1: <laughs> sure sign that the Sudafed has run out.
0: Okay. Well, we're going to end it. I just did our whole little rap thing. So awesome. you don't have to talk anymore. Uh, <laughs> that's a win. So thank you guys for listening. And we will catch you next week. And hopefully you're feeling better. And less, less dry. I'll let you borrow the neti pot. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Yeah, maybe not.